perhaps some of our listeners have found themselves in crossroads of life, right? They want something, but they don't have it. God has not provided it. So the question is always, should one force the situation? Should I make it happen? Can I go out and get it? Or should I wait for God to provide? And how do I even know, right? Dream, believe, achieve. When you are ready to level up 1720, the podcast for next level Christians. And we're back. We're back again. You're back. Man, I don't think they can keep us away. Absolutely I think that's, not. We just keep coming back because yep. we love, we just love doing this podcast. We're not going to stop? Yeah, we're not going to stop. Technical problems, be darned. That's it's right. Not, we're not going to stop. I don't know if you know this, but it, <laughs> actually, I'm certain you know this. I've always been a little bit of a, of a dreamer. Um, but, uh, but I've been a dreamer since I was a little kid, man. I like, I could, I just, I, I used to get lost on the floor with Legos and, um, and Lincoln logs. And mm. so I would like build space station log cabins. I don't, Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I'm with you. Right. But I was there, man. And I would, I'd be there for hours. And they say, if you want to find your calling, one of the things you can do is, is just think back to a time when you were a kid and you lost track of time. Uh, and then that is, and, and, and the essence of that is your calling uh, as a human being on this planet. And for me, it was always dreaming, and I'd have these really vivid, just vivid villages and things that I would, I would, uh, I would create. And even even today, um, I still have really strong, vivid dreams. But uh, but now I'm a I'm an adult, so I care about more adulty things. I'm not building Lincoln Log space stations anymore. Uh, but I did grow up in the late '70s and '80s. And I think, you know, there was one family on television who had um, uh, who had a real impact on me because I was, you know, my family was divorced. And so there was this Brady Bunch family. And, uh, man, I just – it's something about their house. I just fell in love with their house. And so even today as an adult, I, I am I'm dreaming of living in the Brady Bunch home, right? Well, maybe not the Brady Bunch home, but, but I definitely um, – uh, fell in love with mid-century modern homes. And I would live in the Brady Bunch home, but unfortunately they don't have any toilets. So that would really sort of ruin any experience I might have. <laughs> uh, I just feel like that would last about a day. It works like well a, until like that Like a night. day before that wasn't any good. But but I fell in love with mid-century modern home uh, homes. And uh, I've always wanted one. Uh, and well, I have a very nice house now. Um, and I live in one of the most beautiful states in, in the world uh, or in the country. I still sort of long for that mid-century modern home. And I, I've literally, I'm in my dreams, I've pictured every inch of this house in detail. I can tell you exactly what it looks like and feels like and smells like when you walk through the door. So I have this on my vision board, and I've pictured the house. I want it. Uh, but houses like that, especially here in Colorado, uh, are, are run north of like $1 million. It's crazy. The houses we have here in Colorado, as you know, are all little boxes. Uh, little, uh, I don't know. Did you ever watch this? <laughs> I want to give some of the way you ever watch the television show weeds. Oh yeah. Well, the, the theme song of that, every time I drive through neighborhoods, I, I just hear it in my head, little boxes, little boxes are, and they're all made of ticky tacky and they're all made just the same. And that's houses here. Yeah. So anything that even looks like a mid century modern home is North of $1 million. So if I'm ever going to be able to afford that, um, God is going to have to show up and do like some miracles. I mean, like some, some, some miracle miracles. Um, and I suppose, I suppose I could go deeply in debt for it. Um, if I wanted to take out one of those mortgages with terms, like only a financier and an accountant together, like if they were in a room for a day, could figure out exactly how it all works out. Okay. Um, I, I could probably have it now, but, but I feel like the Lord is sort of been putting on, you know, my, my wife and I, we, we were normal people of our time. And so, 
you know, our parents were of limited means, so we went into debt for school. So we, we've been, I feel like God's been trying to lead us out of debt. Okay. But simultaneously, while God I know is trying to lead us out of debt, I, I also have this dream over here, which would entail a tremendous amount of debt. Mm-hmm. And so just this tension, right? And yeah. can I wait on the Lord? Can I wait on the Lord for him to deliver this dream that I've had since I was a little kid? And I, um, like I said, it's going to literally take a miracle. And I just don't know. But I, when I think about that, and I think about this idea of waiting on the Lord, I really think a little bit about Adam and Eve, mm. right? And you got to imagine they, they, were, they were there in the garden with God. Uh, they walked in the cool of the garden with God. They talked to God. And I imagine over time, God was opening up and revealing, you know, sort of the oh, mysteries yeah. of the universe to them. I and mean, what else are they going to talk about is God. And, you know, like, there's going to be a stadium over there in 50 years. <laughs> now, um, no, you, you know, they're talking with God and he's, he's, he's revealing all of this. But then you have Satan sort of shows up on the scene and he tempts Adam and Eve with like this desire yeah. to be more like God more like the person who they walk through the garden with, to be more like them quickly, instantly. So the Satan's crew shows up and says, hey, just take the apple. Just take the, take the apple and you have it right Boom. away. Perhaps some of our listeners have found themselves in, you know, in a similar crossroads of life, right? They want something, but they don't have it. God has not provided it. So the question is always, should one force the situation? Should I make it happen? Can I go out and get it? Or should I wait for God to provide? And how do I even know, right? I don't know if you've ever gone through something like that or, or oh, yeah. had an experience like that. Yeah, I'll tell you my experience. Uh, but first, we you've done a great job at defining ambivalence. And for us, when you have two things on the table that you want, and those two wants are about the same thing, but they're absolutely opposed from one another. Right. You want the house, but you don't want the debt. Sure. Right now. Right, so when, whenever you get into that scenario, just recognize that you've just defined ambivalence for you, which is just like this tension and this anxiety between you, the wants of two things that can't exist at the same time. Right. So if you force it, like my story, I'm going to tell you in a second. Yeah, that can go sideways quick. So the other alternative is rather than hold the two wants that are opposed to each other, you know, maybe God can enter into that. Maybe you can allow that take yourself out. And allow faith to exist. Yeah, as humans, we're phenomenal at taking ourselves out and just letting God take the wheel. I mean, we're just so, we're oh, so yeah. good at it. I mean, the so Bible is so short, right? Because yeah. it didn't so have to tiny. deal with that. It's like four pages long. That's yeah. all you really need to know. Yeah, That's right. right. Yeah, or not, or not. <laughs> so let me give you the not part of that statement. <laughs> so, yeah, as as our listeners uh, know from my previous stories, I own a, a company here in Denver. Mm-hmm. And a few years back now, I wanted my company to increase dramatically the, the sales and services that we were generating and providing in our, in our local market here. Um, I went for a really big growth plan. It was, it was significant. And that required my wife and I to take on some significant debt and along with that, some significant risk, both to the business and to us personally. But, you know, I had the feeling the entire time that this is going on, that we implemented this plan, that I was rushing it. Sure. Like I wanted it, but you also, I had that. Yeah, big vision. I had the vision. I knew what I wanted, but I wasn't willing to wait. I rushed it. I was trying to take it on my own terms, bottom line. Growth plan ended up costing us quite a bit of money. Worse than that, though, I had to camp- compromise my morals. I had to associate and do business with people that were completely against my beliefs. 
So the things we did were not concurrent with what I believed was right, good, and true to do. Beyond that, we had to do business in a way that did not align with core values. Right. So the way we had to force it, the way we chose to force it, rather, was completely sideways. I ended up shutting down that expansion, and I just stepped back, let growth happen without me forcing it. Now, the good thing, though, after doing that, it's been many years now, but I'm back on track with what our original vision was. Growth is happening. It's happening better and faster than I could have imagined. And it's happening better and faster than when I tried to make it happen mm. by taking it. Yeah. You know, making it by taking it. So as it turns out, this whole principle comes straight out of the Bible. So today, we're going to reveal exactly what the Bible has to say about how we can apply it to our lives and we'll discuss exactly how God will guide you towards your dreams. He's not just going to leave you out in the desert, right? And I think, you know, that's sort of what the devil wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that you're going to be on your own, mm-hmm. uh, that you've got to figure this out yourself. But I think the Bible is pretty clear that that's not the case. And I'm, I hope that by the time we're done today, um, our listeners will understand why that's true and mm-hmm. how they can actually sort of deal with these two things that they right. want. Uh, and how to balance those out. Yeah, and the time gap, the delta between. So let's go back about 5,000 years ago. Let's go back to a guy named Abram. He's later called Abraham. You might know him from songs and flannelgrams. Hmm. But you know? Yeah. I do know him, yeah. Yeah. I try not to sing the Father Abraham song. Yeah. So. Well, maybe if we break into song later, that's fine. I'm not going to do it. All right, resist. <laughs> but he faced a situation where he had to decide either to wait on God's provisions for him or if he should just force it and take action. So Abram and his wife Sarai, and she's later called Sarah, they wanted a family. There's nothing wrong with that. God offered a promise that they would not only have a family, but have a big family. Now, in fact, Abraham would become the father of many nations. That's the scope of this promise. But as it is sometimes the case, there can be a period of time between the promise and the delivery of that promise. God is all about perfect timing. God first promised to make Abraham the father of many nations when he was 75. It'd be almost 11 years before Abraham would hear from God again. With the same promise, no children. Mm. 11 years from the first promise. That's, um, that's a long time for anyone to wait. Especially to wait for anything. There's I mean, been... could you imagine, though, like God... <laughs> you will have children, right? I mean, he shows up. Right. I mean, you got to like, it's like Willy Wonka with a golden ticket, man. I, you know, he's cruising home. Boom. He's like, man, God, God told me. Yeah. And then like the first Christmas comes, the second Christmas comes, and they're like on the 10th Christmas and still no answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's go with that, right? So these same old questions that also tripped up Adam and Eve start. Mm-hmm. Like um, my first personal favorite is, is did, did you hear God correctly? Did oh, you yeah. Did you hear? Are, are you sure? Did he? That, that's literally what Satan said. Did, are, are you sure God said? Are you sure? Did you hear him correctly? Um, or maybe, you know, maybe I did something wrong mm. and God's just not telling me, right? Like I, I did something wrong and God's up there going, well, screw it. I'm not going to go. I'm not so much for that plan. Now, Dustin screwed up. I never saw that one coming. Yep. Maybe, maybe I did something wrong. You're right? so unique and special. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that tripped God up in his plan. Right. So I must've done something wrong. That's all it just comes to your mind. Right. Uh, or maybe you think, well, does God really want for me what I want for me? 
or, you know, in my case, 40 years, I'm over 40 years old. I still don't have my dream house, never mm-hmm. even come close to it. Uh, what's taken so long? So it was probably with some frustration and confusion um, that they decided to take matters into their own hands. So Sarah told Abraham to have sex with her slave, which, guys, seriously. Uh, Time out. Sidebar here. Um, if your wife uh, ever advice. tells you to have sex with a maid, that's going to have to be a no. That's a hard no. That's yep. a test. Uh, run away. Your immediate answer is uh, not no, but heck no, right? Yep. That that is the answer. So just a little. Yep. That, that's bonus. That's bonus. That's material. for free today. Yeah, that's free. You know, in her human mind, right? This was clearly the only way that a child could possibly be conceived, mm-hmm. right? A man must have sex with a woman of childbearing age. All of the experts would agree. I mean, yep. if if she'd put it bo- to vote, yep, n- it wouldn't have been nine out of ten doctors. It would have been ten out of ten doctors. <laughs> yeah, would agree. Uh, that he had to have sex with yep. a woman of childbearing age. So that's sort of, if you think about it, it's logical. Yep. It's logical. Um, and Sarah was definitely not of childbearing age, mm-hmm. right? So um, as it turns out, this union does produce a son. Mm-hmm. It's interesting what Abraham, you, and I do when we think we aren't getting what we want, and especially on the timeline that we want it. Fortunately for us, God is a God of second, third, Fourth, so on, so forth chances. Right. Over Tw- and over. 25th or so for me, but yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. I'm on 13. Yeah. No <laughs> stones. Lots of chances. And he steps in and offers Abraham a new covenant, a new opportunity. If they were willing to have faith, wait, not take, God would still provide Abraham and Sarah with the son. This is after their first round of their own wisdom. Abraham agreed, and God. Poofed them a son. Mm, instantly. Just like that. Yeah. Half I mean, faith, boom. Yeah, no problem. No. No, that's not how it happened. Nope. God made them wait another 14 years before Sarah would give birth to a son, Wow, Isaac. 14 years. At Isaac's birth, Abraham was 100 years old. Yeah, I think, I think perhaps a, a guy named Hudson Taylor said it best. He said, God's work done in God's way will never lack supply. And he would actually know because in the late 1800s, Taylor spent 51 years in China. The society that he began was responsible for bringing over 800 missionaries to China uh, and built 125 schools and directly resulted in over 18,000 Christian conversions in that country. And he established more than 300 workstations. So you got to figure this is the late 1800s. The church that exists in China owes a lot to mm-hmm. this guy, and his work that he started still clearly is not done in that country. Right. It's still going. It's still going. So yeah. this guy knows a little bit about waiting and a little bit about God's supply. Mm. But you, but in, but in some ways, you really can't blame Abraham and Sarah. Who among us, right, could literally wait over 24 years before a promise was delivered? Mm. Most of us can't even wait through like a 30-second commercial <laughs> for the show we're really, really interested in seeing. Perhaps God inspires us to like start a business or to move cross-country to plant a church. Um, our friends ask, well, how long will you continue to suffer? Mm-hmm. Why not cut a few corners? Take on some investors, even though they don't share your values. Mm-hmm. Or just give up and 
get a real job. <laughs> so if the first principle is trusting in God's provision, what are we to do? Are we to just wait? How are we to know what is the shortcut and what is the right path? So that's those are some difficult questions because sometimes you just don't know. Yeah, like in my should I mean there's a, there's this new loan program out there. Should I take it? You everyone says if you're going to be a um, an entrepreneur, you got to have bold vision. You got to take bold action. Mm-hmm. And for you, take out some debt, grow that business. Now is the time to strike. Right. Yep. So, so clearly, there there's options here. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to know? Yeah, how do you d- differentiate? Between how are you supposed the two? to know which one's the shortcut and which one's the right path? Now, the Bible gives us a pretty good guide in John chapter fourteen, verses fifteen and sixteen. And in there, it says, "If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth." In other words. All we have to do is the task in front of us, as it says in 2 Timothy 4.7. We need only fight the fight, run the race, keep the faith, keeping his commandments. Hmm. Yeah, but what about all those people who um, are busy giving you advice? Mm. I really like the rest of that verse um, in John 14. It says, the world cannot accept the spirit of truth because it neither sees him nor knows him. Mm-hmm. When we focus on running the race and keeping the commandments, we will be granted a supernatural insight that others, even experts who mm-hmm. say a 90-year-old woman could never give birth, will not have. They will not have this insight. But the Bible says you will know, you will know him for the spirit of truth lives in you and is with you, and that's John 14, 17. In your quest, and this is really important, in your quest, in this getting a job, growing a business, trying to figure out what to do next with your career, God will not leave you as an orphan. He will come to you. That's John 14, 18. So the big secret to success is to focus on God and to do the work, and to do the work even when the outcome is uncertain, seemingly impossible. After all, we have a God who kind of likes to show off. Just one sunset here in Colorado, Mm -hmm. and you will absolutely know that that is true. So guys, run the race and keep the faith, my friends, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for spending this time with us. If you have not already, subscribe to our podcast, and remember to leave us a review on iTunes and Google Play. Each positive review raises our rank and exposes this content to people who would not normally hear it. You can find our links to all of our social media pages, YouTube channel, iTunes, and Google Play at 1720.org forward slash podcast. This is also a great way for you to share our content with anyone you think would benefit from this content. Finally, be sure to follow our page on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 1720.org. Yes, please use the .org at the end. That's important. And subscribe to our newsletter at 1720.org. Thanks, and we will see you next week. Nailed it.